0: Michael and Amy, do I have permission to use the Hudson story real quick? Hudson, do I have your permission? He's looking at me like, what in the world? So before the service started, I was was joking with Rock that the first day of school for parents is a national holiday. (laughs) And Rock just sort of looked at me confused. I said, look, I'm just joking around with you. I said, don't pay me any attention. You pay pay attention to me while I'm preaching, but don't pay any attention to me the other time. And as I'm walking off, Hudson says, I never pay attention to you. <laughs> I hope that the rest of y'all don't share that, that sentiment. I hope you'll listen this morning. I want to ask you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Habakkuk in the Old Testament. If you maybe aren't as familiar with uh, where that book is, just find the book of Malachi and go back two or three books and you'll find the, the book of Habakkuk. It's only three chapters long, but it's there toward the latter part of the Old Testament. And what we're going to do over the next few weeks... With the exception of next Sunday as we're going to walk through this book together because I think that what we read from the mouth of the prophet Habakkuk speaks so much to where we are in our lives today, where we are as a people living in this world, in this nation, that we are living in troubled times. It may not necessarily be what's happening in the news that is troubling your heart, but it may be something closer to you it may be a situation in your home it may be a health issue could be many things that are troubling you and how do we look to the Lord how do we how do we grow in our faith in troubled times and when we read the book of Habakkuk we see a prophet who not only was speaking the word of the Lord to the people but the prophet Habakkuk is talking to the Lord He's having a conversation with him, and we see in the book of Habakkuk a man of God who's having his own struggles with faith in the midst of the troubles that the people are facing. It was for the nation of Israel and for the prophet Habakkuk, it was an uncertain time. It was a time where it seemed as if the Lord had gone silent. And so this morning, I want us to think about that for just a moment. how do we trust in the Lord in His silence? Have you ever had a season in your life where it seemed as if God was silent? How do we trust in Him when it seems as if He is not speaking or moving or working? And so in Habakkuk chapter 1... It says the pronouncement that the prophet Habakkuk saw. Verse 2. How long, Lord, must I call for help, and you do not listen? Or cry out to you about violence, and you do not save? Why do you force me to look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing, oppression, And violence are right in front of me. Strife is ongoing and conflict escalates. This is why the law is ineffective. And justice never emerges. For the wicked restrict the righteous. Therefore, justice comes out perverted. You hear in his words, A man of God who is struggling to see the activity of God. He's struggling with the questions that many of us face in our lives in those times when it seems as if God has gone silent. Now this is not the first time that Habakkuk had prayed. We can assume in reading these first few verses that Habakkuk had prayed several times, had been pleading with the Lord time and time again, not only for his welfare but for the welfare of his people that God would deliver them from their enemies, that God would deliver them through the troubles that they were facing. And you hear the words of verse 2, How long, Lord, must I call for help? And you do not listen or cry to you about violence and you do not save. There really, in these first four verses or two issues that Habakkuk is dealing with that many of us would say, are true in our lives today. And the first of those is the issue of unanswered prayer. Because he's been praying and he's been seeking the Lord, but his prayers, at least from his perspective, have gone unanswered. How long, O Lord, must I cry out? How long, O Lord, will I pray and you will not answer me? It wasn't something that was new with Habakkuk. This cry of how long, O Lord, really is found all throughout the Old Testament. In particular, Moses experienced times of unanswered prayer. Joseph, when he was in slavery, abandoned by his brothers. We can imagine that as Joseph was put in that prison, gone from his family, wondering what his life would become, that Joseph would have prayed there in that dungeon. And God to Joseph at times seemed as if he had grown silent and then there were the people of Egypt and when they ended up in slavery in Egypt certainly they would have prayed in that time for God to deliver them and they were there for for many many years in oppression and slavery Job, we read the story of Job his life is turned upside down this wealthy man with this wonderful family, this upright godly man loses everything that he has And certainly Job, if anyone would have thought that God had gone silent and God was not hearing his prayers, it would have been Job in the midst of his difficulties. David, though God had anointed him to be the next king, David found himself on the run for his life as Saul was trying to kill him out of jealousy that the throne was going to leave Saul, and David, this young boy from out of the pasture, was going to become the next king of Israel. He finds himself hiding out in the caves, and I wonder how many times David cried out, How long, O Lord? We see some of it in the Psalms. David wrote many of the Psalms, as you may already know, and Psalm 6 verse 3, David says, My whole being is shaken with terror. And you, Lord, how long? In Psalm 13 verse 1, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? How long, Lord? Before you answer the needs of my heart. I've got this physical situation going on in my life. I've got this trouble in this, this relationship. Maybe it's with your spouse or with your children. How long, Lord, before you come through and answer the prayers of my heart? Maybe you're there today. You've been praying and seeking the Lord. And you feel as if your prayers have gone unanswered and God has grown silent. Habakkuk certainly felt that way. As he was pleading for his life and for the people of the nation, it seemed as if his prayers were unanswered. But there was also unpunished wickedness. and We see that in verses 3 and 4. He talks about injustice and how it seemed to him as if he was being forced to look at injustice. Why, Lord, do you tolerate wrongdoing? Oppression and violence are right in front of me strife is ongoing conflict escalates we saw this yesterday right young man drives from Plano Texas drives hours south to El Paso walks into a shopping center with a gun kills 20 people and even last night and into this morning, they're, they're learning things about this young man and this hatred that had filled his heart and he targeted this certain group of people. And then last night, while most of us were in the bed sleeping, someone goes into a crowded room in Dayton, Ohio, kills ten people, injures many more. Time after time, we see this going on In our nation, urban areas, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, Baltimore, Birmingham, murders almost on a daily basis. Sometimes those things happen here in our community. We're not immune to those things, maybe not on the level that they happen in other places, but we're not immune to those things either. And we see the violence and the injustice and the wrongdoing. And sometimes we feel that way. Why, Lord, is it that all these things seem to go unpunished? Why are we forced to continue to live among all this darkness and strife and conflict? And it seems to be getting worse. He uses the word escalate here. Do you feel that way about our world? That it just seems like every single day things get worse and worse and worse. And then in verse 4, he says as a result of this, he says the law has become ineffective and justice never emerges. The wicked restrict the righteous and justice comes out perverted. Those who need to be held accountable seem to get away with everything and the righteous are punished and the righteous are suffering, but the wicked seem to be prospering and therefore justice is perverted. Why, Lord, are, are these things happening? And, Lord, why are you allowing these things to happen? That was the world that Habakkuk was living in and it's not too different from the world that we're living in, is it? We see so much in this story about the story of our lives. Here we are in 2019 and we're living in brokenness and we're living in darkness and we wonder, God, why why does it seem so often that you have grown silent? Well, the good news is, is that God Even though it seems to us that he is silent, God always has an answer. And we see that in verse 5. God gives his response to the prayer of his servant Habakkuk. And if you'll notice in verse 5, he says, Look at the nations. And be astounded, for I'm doing something in your days that you will not believe. And when you hear about it, I'm raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter, impetuous nation that marches across the open spaces of the earth to seize territories not its own. The Chaldeans—that was another uh, phrase for the Babylonians. And if you were to study biblical history, it was in the year 586 BC that King Nebuchadnezzar, the ruler of the Babylonians, came and invaded Jerusalem, and took seas of that city, plundered the temple, and the nation went into exile for all of those years. And it's believed that Habakkuk the prophet was, was writing these things and having these conversations with God, maybe in the years just prior to uh, the Babylonians coming and taking siege of Jerusalem. So they're right on the cusp of this happening. But notice what it says. The Lord says, I am doing something in your day." So I want to share with you some some thoughts from these verses that that will help us, that have helped me in my life to learn to trust God in the silence. The first of those is this. Recognize that God is always at work. Even when it seems to us that God is silent, that, that God is not at work and God is not moving, God is always at work notice in verse five he said look and be astounded for i am doing something in your days the lord didn't say habakkuk i will do something or habakkuk i have done something he said habakkuk look because i want you to know that i'm at work i am doing something and that's a good reminder for us because there are many times in our lives where it seems as if God is silent and we don't see his activity. And so he says to Habakkuk, look up, because I'm at work. Even in those times in our lives where it seems as if God's not answering prayer and God is not punishing the wicked and God's not moving in your circumstances, understand the Lord is always at work. Now, we 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 find this to be true in different ways. From my perspective, there are times when it seems as if the, the, the music is so good and and, and the preaching, the, the word, not, not me, but the word is so powerful and it just seems like, you know, the altars ought to be filled at the invitation and many Sundays go by and nobody responds but yet I can leave this room and I can have a conversation with someone a day later or a week later and God will God will use that person to convey some truth to me to help me to know that even though I didn't physically see anyone respond in the, in the invitation that God was at work in someone's life and God was moving and God was interacting they may or may not be in this room and I won't mention their name but a couple weeks ago I I was down at the landing having my quiet time in my car and I had my Bible open and I was reading and I was praying And it was a Monday and I was just praying over several different things and one of the things that I pray often is I, I said Lord number one give me an opportunity to be an encouragement in someone's life today but Lord, also, would you send someone to me to be an encouragement to me? Someone to, to bless me and, to, and to, to build me up. And I, I left. I, I pulled my car out from the landing. I drove into the office. I was sitting down at my desk and I'd begun doing the things for the day. And maybe an hour later, uh, I look over and I have a text message from a church member. And, and the text message was a word of encouragement. And they said, "I know that sometimes things can be difficult, but I just wanted to encourage you today to keep preaching the gospel, and no, no weapon formed against you shall stand. Now I'm going to tell you, I, I could have I swam from the, from the, the locking down to the landing and not gotten I, I had so much fuel when that happened. I mean, I was ready to run through a wall. I was ready to preach right then. I mean, it just, it just took, it, it just took the, the, the exhaustion that sometimes we may feel, and, and it just rejuvenated my soul. And here's the interesting thing about that. It confirmed to me that God was working in the lives of other people. And I texted that person back, and I said, I want you to know something. You have been obedient to the Lord today. Because God, God had me and led me to pray that prayer and you heard his calling and you answered him and you obeyed. And so when God is at work, sometimes we don't see it, but God's always working, God's always moving in people's lives. And so the Lord says to Habakkuk, I'm doing something in your days that, that you will not believe when you hear about it. Now that, that leads to the second thing that I want to say to us. We need to recognize that we only see part of the picture. We only see part of it. Now did you notice in verse 5? He said, I'm doing something in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. When, when, when Habakkuk, when you finally understand what I'm doing, and I'm about to tell you this, but he said, you won't believe what I'm about to do and then you get to verses 12 and 13 and Habakkuk when he responds to the Lord in his in his next prayer he says are you not from eternity Lord my God my Holy One you will not die Lord you appointed them to execute judgment my rock you destined them to punish us your eyes are too pure to look on evil And you cannot tolerate wrongdoing. So why do you tolerate those who are treacherous? Why are you silent while one who is wicked swallows up one who is more righteous than himself? You see, the problem for Habakkuk, I think, is the same problem that many of us have in our lives. We only see part of the picture. And we think when we pray that God should always answer our prayer the way that we think he should answer them. And maybe you're here and you've prayed before. You've been praying over a certain situation. And, you, and you've been praying for a certain outcome. And, 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 and you may not have realized it, but you were, you were only praying that God would act in a certain way at a certain time. But guess what? He's God and I'm not. And God can move and act and respond in any way that He wants to. And so often when God does answer and respond to our prayers, when the silence is broken, God often moves and works in ways that are outside of our ability to comprehend or understand. Habakkuk, you will not believe it when you see it. And to Habakkuk, when you get to verse 13, he's saying, why are you tolerating these things? Why are you silent? Why are you letting the wicked go unpunished? But the righteous be harmed. You see, Habakkuk didn't see the whole picture that God was using the Babylonians, the Chaldeans to bring judgment on the people in order to correct them and bring them back into right relationship with himself. We only see part of the picture. So in those those moments when it seems like God is not working, God may be working but he may be working in a way that you and I didn't expect him to work. But I'll tell you, whichever way God works and whatever God does in response to our prayers and however God moves in any situation I can assure you it is the best way it is the right way it is always the perfect plan and it's always done in perfect time this leads to the third thing resolve to wait so that you can get God's perspective now I want to take you to the first verse of chapter 2 and that's where we're going to close this morning here's what Habakkuk ends up saying at the end of all the he he still has questions all of his doubts and all of his answers haven't been fully satisfied but here's what he says in verse 1 he says I will stand at my guard post and station myself I will station myself on the lookout tower. I will watch to see what He will say to me and what I should reply about my complaint. I'm not going to move. I'm going to stay here. I'm not going to waver in my faith. I don't understand everything. I still have questions that need to be answered. But I'm going to wait on the Lord so that I can get His... Perspective. I will watch to see what He will say to me and what I should reply. Habakkuk understood that ultimately his greatest need for his faith and for his understanding was to get the perspective of Almighty God in his life. And for us in this room, that's exactly what many of us need to do today just wait on the Lord. Now, to wait on the Lord doesn't mean that we sit and do nothing and that we become inactive. But as we're serving Him and as we're seeking Him in His Word, as we're pouring our hearts out to Him in prayer, as we're loving our brothers and sisters in Christ and fulfilling our spiritual gifts in the context of the local church, as we wait on Him, we say, Lord, all this stuff around me doesn't make sense, but I trust You. And I need Your perspective. I need to see things the way you see them. You Get into the New Testament. And that question, how long, O oh Lord, seems to go away. As a matter of fact, I looked it up this week. It's interesting that Jesus makes that same statement in Luke chapter 9 when he talks about the unbelieving generation. He says, how long must I put up with you? unbelieving people. Jesus knew something about us that sometimes we don't even recognize about ourselves that so often we operate in our own understanding and we don't trust in him like we should then you get into the revelation and in chapter six it talks about the martyrs who die because of their faith during the last days and they cry out to the Lord They say, how long, O Lord, will you let the wicked go unpunished? The the very last phrase of the book of Revelation, of the entire Bible, says, come, Lord Jesus. There's this cry that goes from creation, the beginning of creation, to the very coming of Jesus Christ at the end of time. How long, O Lord? do we have to wait come Lord Jesus well can I just give you a word of encouragement today It may seem as if God has grown silent. it may seem as if your prayers have gone unanswered it may seem to us that the wicked go unpunished but I can assure you on the word of God that Jesus is going to make all things new and when Jesus comes Because He went to the cross and He he took our sins upon Himself. He was placed in the tomb. He rose from the grave. He ascended to be with the Father. He's seated at His right hand today. One day He's coming again. And all of us who put our faith in Him, one day our question will be answered and settled for all of eternity. And we'll recognize that all those prayers that we prayed were not prayed in vain. That God will vindicate the righteous That we will be justified before Him through Christ. That the wicked will perish. That those who do right and those who live according to Christ will inherit the kingdom of God. And those who reject Christ and those who walk in wickedness will spend eternity separated from God in a place called hell. And so it's right for us to say, How long, O Lord? Knowing That one day, He's going to come, and the silence will be no more, and He will make all things new. If you put your faith and trust in Him, there may be seasons in your life where it may seem that God is not working and God is silent. But I can assure you, if you will put your faith and trust in Jesus, even in troubled times, you can have hope and you can have peace.